it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Good evening, everybody. And these uh, little singing intro put me off as usual. It's like Slash. (laughs) Never never fails. It is is the forum. It is the day trippers. Uh, It is a Monday night. Uh, It is the Monday after the first weekend of the new uh, football season. And it was a weekend which just... uh, left you wanting more but we're gonna have to wait now and all the way through until uh saturday 12 30 uh, for the reds uh, next game in fact the next premier league game seems like a bit of a mad one to have to wait uh, almost a, a whole week but tonight uh we've got um a uh, a top crew we've got uh right at the top above me is the toppest of top reds andy young how are you doing yeah feeling top yeah and then uh next to me um as you see it on my right hand side we've got uh steve-o steve-o daily how you doing steve-o evening ray great mate looking forward to this the highlight of my day excellent (laughs) (laughs) i can well believe and he's gonna as soon as he finishes he's just gonna slip down into bed Uh, there you go. Um, and then we've got um, also in Barcelona, we have got uh, Pete, uh, Pete Smith uh, from the uh, most uh, bankrupt club uh, capital of the world. How are you doing, Pete? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely delighted. Nice to see Barcelona suffer and Liverpool get off to a phenomenal start. Evening. Yeah. You Evening. want to be careful, the locals don't start smashing your windows in. Let them. Let them. <laughs> yeah. They can't. They wouldn't be able to pay for that anyway. Your scouts <laughs> come with money. Ah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'd say they'd love owners like FSG. What do you think? They'd love they owners would. like FSG. 
They'd yeah, die for him. They'd die for him. They'd die for him. I think they would. They would absolutely hate them. They would absolutely hate them. Why? They would hate because they live for being part of the bourgeois and having this false sense of fucking superiority about themselves. They're a fucking nothing club that until 10 years ago had won European Cup in fucking 60 years. Bunch of pricks. A lot of them. I like I Steve. I like this fella already. Can we keep yeah. him? Yeah. Steve, let me <laughs> there's, clubs, there's clubs. There's clubs. I'll finish it on yeah. this. There's clubs in the Leinster Senior League that can register all their players. Barcelona yeah. can't because they're piss poor. There's, there's clubs in the fucking Leinster Senior League with more history than Barcelona as well. Bunch of cunts. Anyway. Well, there you go. You know, yeah, that's, no, that's, no, that's, no, how the, that's how the language gets us banned off YouTube. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does it? Yeah. Does it? Yeah, it does, yeah. You could have given me that shout before we started <laughs> or the other 20 pods I've done in the last year or two years or whatever else. Yeah. I used to say that every single week I was on. What's the story? Is this this new YouTube police, is it? It's just I the new we've gone higher up the uh, Yeah, we've gone higher so, up the tree, I think, in YouTube land, uh, Steve. Yeah. Since you were so last on could somebody send me a new level? That uh, those extra fourteen subscribers must have tipped us over the edge, did it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we have we... a lot more than that, Steve. This, no, this is this is the amateur pod we were running back in the day. Hang on, Andy. I didn't say we have fourteen subscribers. I said we've an extra fourteen since I was last on. Oh, yeah, yeah. So wow. look, at your gonna, anyway, we're going to do the usual four topics. Barcelona wasn't one of the topics, so we've just kind of snuck that in there, really. And we've absolutely Ooh, bonus topic it. for free. Boom! Yeah. See, we weren't even charged for it. Not even behind the paywall. <laughs> so um, we're going to um, we're going to go through four topics as usual. Uh, we're going to get uh, Andy. Uh, on his soapbox uh, to <laughs> tell us all that the fun is back. Um, we're going to then move on to uh, squad depth uh, and Steve-O's going to uh, give us his views on uh, the Liverpool squad. Um, I will um, have a discussion, uh, which I'm sure plenty will enjoy, around why Liverpool are winning the league this season, uh, despite some people actually um, ruling us out, not just of winning the league, but of finishing top four, which which is a mad shout. Um, and then um, Pete is going to uh, touch on uh, a topic that has been in the news over the weekend around uh, homophobic chants, and we'll get into a little bit of that uh, towards the back end of the podcast. So, um, Andy, we'll start with you. Uh, the fun is back. Uh, we've seen uh, plenty of fun uh, being back uh, in the Camden, in Dublin, Centre on Saturday evening. There was a good out of the day uh, watch Liverpool uh, kick off the season. Uh, there were still a few uh, Leeds fans floating around from the earlier kickoff uh, who were still having fun despite taking an absolute bashing. They the were plastered. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't stand up straight, really struggling. Uh, and yeah. By the time we got to sort of half seven, eight o'clock, uh, fair play to them for lasting the day out despite that that result. But the fun was back. Good selection of trippers, um, and we've seen Liverpool win handily three 0 But I think there's a bit more to it than that, isn't there, Andy? Yeah. Um, look, the the Camden was great. Uh, we were about ten trippers strong. So anyone anyone who was allowed out. Uh, who could get permission after their wives was was there, so that was great to see. Um, <laughs> now, oh yeah, I wanted to just uh, cover this. Like we spent a lot of time whinging 
over different things over the last six months. Uh, so I just wanted to celebrate the fact that the, the fun is, in fact, back. Uh, I love that Klopp is smiling. His teeth are even more lovely. He looks reborn without the glasses. Looks fresh as a daisy, ready for uh, a title challenge. After such a difficult year uh, for him, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it seems like it's behind him. So I think that the fun is back there. I love that the traveling cop is back. The boys yeah. listen to him belt out the Bobby song, the pictures at when they're you know celebrating the goals, the Mo song, and the scenes from the concourse uh, singing the um, he's our center half song. Um, I love that the team looks themselves again. The familiar shape, Virgil spraying balls left and right to Mo, Trent, Mane, and Simicas uh, getting on the ball and, and pulling teams all over the place. Uh, I love that Trent is back playing fullback from a number 10 position and Simicas is doing his best Robbo impression <laughs> possible. I love that Mane, Mo, and Bobby are pissing themselves laughing again after scoring goals. Um, we spent the whole last season trying to work out what's wrong with these boys. We knew they weren't themselves and nobody looked happy. It was probably a whole collection of things as we tried to work out through all of the pods last season. But whatever it was, it looks fixed now. This team looks ready to go again. They look fresh. They look hungry. And more than anything, it looks like the phone is back up the Reds. Uh, so <laughs> I just want to talk about how much fun Saturday was how much fun the last couple of games of preseason were and how much fun we're going to have this season because uh, that's what it's all about. All this empty grounds shite is behind us now and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. 3,000 Liverpool fans got the, had the privilege of going there um, at the weekend. It's going to be significantly more, uh, almost 60,000 Liverpool fans Um We'll have the privilege to go to Anfield on Saturday and uh, and be part of this fun is back experience. Uh, mm. Steve-O, um, from the point of view of uh, what we've seen on the pitch, um, was it obvious to you that the players um, got a significant boost ab- around playing in front of crowds again? Did, 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 is it something that come across to you or do you think we'll see it even more so when we play on on Saturday, when let's face it, we're playing a Burnley side who we lost to last season, um, it, I, I, and and that was the that that was part of a calamitous run of of results at Anfield, which y- you can't imagine would have happened with crowds there. Yeah, I, th- I think listen, I think the Norwich crowd are actually a fairly vocal bunch to play in front of. So yeah, I think even though they're not cheering for you, I think you just get a buzz out of being in a in a ground with actual passion rather than empty stadiums where you can hear Topo bollocking the shit out of you all game long. <laughs> you know, so they're probably glad to be able to pretend they can't hear him when he's given out to them. Um because yeah, yeah. he does enough of that. But but no, I'd say I'd say they love being back in a ground that had a full full capacity. And I'd say, yeah, even though they've had a couple of friendlies at Anfield, stepping back out on Saturday it's a great game for us to be coming up against Burnley and to be honest with you, uh, first game, first game of the season back at Anfield. And, and I think, yeah, I think um, if, uh, if, if, if you can, uh, <laughs> if you can, um, <laughs> if you can, if you can get that game out of the way, it makes a massive difference because 
I think that the team will just be up for it. And Burnley are horrible to play against at the best of times. So just being able to get that game out of the way will be a, a big plus. Going going in, you know, into the third round of games. Chelsea third game of the season, isn't it? Mm. And yes. going into yeah. that going into that game hopefully with six points. Because yeah. that's Stamford Bridge as well, if memory serves me. No, it's at Anfield. Oh, is it to Anfield yeah. on the bounce? Is yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Oh, great. Okay, sorry. I just I haven't looked close enough at the fixtures to see whether it's home or away in, in, in terms of games. But uh, that's a massive, that's a massive plus. And yeah, listen, I think we look at that game on Saturday, and I know we'll get into probably. Well, now is a good time to look at it. Four, four first, five first team players aren't in that squad or aren't in that team. Your entire midfield and your your left back, the best left back in world football, and and. You're looking at Matip. He's probably not. I, I'm not knocking. I'm not knocking Matip, um, but he's probably not your first choice centre half over the course of this season. He's a, he's an excellent option to have as part of those four centre halves, but he's probably not your first choice. Gomez or even Kanate, as he settles in, will probably take that place. Yeah. So you're looking at that side, thinking, okay, we talk about it, and, and and I know we'll go on to it, so I won't jump into it now. But it's really nice to get that first win with the side that went out and. Andy hasn't mentioned the fact that 90% of the trippers who were there on the day were shitting their pants, including two, <laughs> including two of the ones I'm looking at right now with that okay. midfield when I came in. Did you yeah. see that fucking midfield, did you? What's fucking clapper? Yeah. You know, was the was the talk of everybody before the game. But not it was, me. You know, not it, me. It made, it not me. you, Andy. You were cool as a cucumber. Yeah. Just you, fucking you rattling away. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no, it made, it made sense to start that midfield based on when people have come back and how people have performed in pre-season and stuff like that. And and by and large, the team performed quite well, comfortably, I would say. They weren't excellent, but they were comfortable throughout the game. Yeah. Uh, and Pete, um, I, I actually did switch on the Barcelona game yesterday. And it, after watching uh, the Liverpool game and, and, and obviously other Premier League games, the, the Tottenham uh, City game being a good example, um, the difference between full houses and, and and obviously the likes of Barcelona who still have to play games in front of sparse crowds, like it, it we we're, we're very lucky, aren't we, in in terms of being able to uh, go and see our team um, now? Yeah. yeah, still a huge problem here. It's going to be a massive problem, I think. To be honest with you, because of the uh, I've said it before, the autonomous various autonomous regions will make different decisions and Spain as you know has a much older population than the UK and other parts of Europe so they still especially with the variant kind of creeping about they still can't take the you know the chance um so yeah you're seeing Barcelona whatever 11 they can put out yesterday you know scraping across the line so we are very lucky that you know listen there's a lot of it politicized the government made the decision and they wanted to stick by it and and let's see what happens so I think by and large as well, in fairness to the UK, they've gotten their act together um, in terms of, you know, getting getting the majority of people vaccinated. So, you, you know, you're in that, you're in that, you're in that bracket where you're saying, okay, let's, let's get back out there. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a, just a huge sigh of relief. It's great. Even watching it on the television. I mean, I don't know anybody that's watching this tonight. I just couldn't, couldn't drag myself to watch an awful lot of games. Now I can't get enough, you know, I'm, I've got the Sky access to the Sky channels, and I'm just watching all the games, even the insignificant ones to us, like Villa and Watford. I'm watching them just to soak up the atmosphere. It's the fun, as Andy says, the fun is definitely back. Yeah, and and for me, what what made it um, 
sort of back to normality was the fact that we we got oversaturated last season, didn't we? The way that the games were so spread out, um, what we were back to this weekend in terms of the fun being back was just the normality of having, you know, the early kickoff. Uh, obviously, we had the Friday night game that really got things, you know, that, that lit the touch paper, didn't it? And then we were into an early kickoff, a decent game. Then we had the three o'clock games back. You know, we had, what, five five of those games, I think it was. Uh, five or six of those games, then then the then the tea time game, then the couple of games on Sunday. Back to a, I, I think about and the way I feel in terms of the fun being back. This is why I said at the start, you know, we're having to wait. It feels like the anticipation is already there for the second week, isn't it? You know, it's great that we're playing first in some ways because we don't have to wait an awful long time to see Liverpool again. Mm. And I'm going to be one of those lucky ones who get over <clears throat> to see Liverpool. No, Shawnee Lawson's doing a silly. 2am boat to go over there like people are making the trips over can't wait the fun's going to be back the you know time over in liverpool over the weekend for many fans i've seen some fans in the comments already saying that you know they're either going this week or they've got their, their trips planned in the next few weeks to go over steve O's mentioned it, that chelsea game's going to be an absolute belter i mean you know uh, you know european champions coming to anfield all all Things point to being team who teams who've won both the opening games. So I think it's definitely a case of, you know, we can't wait really for this season to really sort of uh, keep going. Mind you, we've got the international break straight after the Chelsea game. So the Premier League always find a way, or football is finds a way of, uh, of of putting something in our way. But um, look, we'll we'll um, any anything anything to close from you, Andy? Seeing as it was your topic, anything else that's popped into your mind that really signified football is back? No, no, you just got me really jealous there. Uh, you know yourself and Mick going to the game, and and Shawnee as well. Like you'd be in the sand and no doubt, and there'd be a fella going around with the European Cup, and he might even have the Premier League with him. And might have the Premier be, League, yeah. Two pound to lift it over your head, and you'd be sinking loads and loads of uh, bottles of beer, and then you'd be going into the game. Ah, uh, it's gonna be epic. The fun is 100% back. I don't get to go over till October, um, but uh, look, I'll, I'll have nearly as much fun at home watching it. I, I gotta say, actually, um, the it's ironic when you're watching another game because I got sick of watching other teams last year, unless it was Liverpool, like. I didn't really bother like that over saturation of games and commentary and punditry and yeah, really got sick of it. Mm. But in fairness, you know, Brentford and their fans and look, Sky, yeah, have to credit them when when they do get something right. The coverage and everything about that Friday night football was absolutely brilliant. And it really got me excited about our game. You know what I mean? I knew it was going to be a similar setup when we were playing against Norwich and their ground, small ground, loud fans. Um, but but even you know, even to be able to sit down and watch other teams playing again and, and to get that feeling about the excitement that you used to get years ago when the Premier League was back after the summer. So um yeah, that too. Yeah. Yeah. A big big shout out to Brentford. It's, it's, I actually I actually played a friend, a preseason friendly. 12, 13 years ago against Brentford's reserves years ago, they were a nothing club. To see them playing in the Premier League is just... Yeah. yeah. That stadium, the, the stadium uh, where, where it's... it's uh, 
it's yeah. more or less Chiswick. I lived in Chiswick for eight years, and yeah. you know I'm gonna go out to go to the Brentford game at Griffin Park. It's I mean it's a it's a league of Ireland ground. Anybody that's familiar with that part of West London will yeah. know what I'm talking about. I it's literally like situated beside like a motorway overpass. It's uh, well, it's, it's, it's there's a pub behind it where a few of the lads. Now it's not rowdy. Brentford itself is an okay. Yeah, it's a working class area, but right beside it is Chiswick, where anybody that walks in television lives in Chiswick. So you you know you'll have if Gary Neville probably has a place there and in deck. There's low. I lived in Chiswick. There's you need to go. <laughs> If you're going to an away mix game, it with the stars. Go to the Brentford game. Trust me. You know, there's, there won't be any hassle. You'd be on the Chiswick High Road. Having, if there's a great Irish pub down there owned by a fella from Offaly, you'll have a great go to the Brentford game. Trust yeah. me. It, I'm sure the, the Liverpool fans who are lucky enough to go to that will have a, will have a great day out. Mm. Um, so, look, the pull is back, but we're going to get a bit more into uh, Liverpool and the season ahead um, before I get into uh, why we're going to win that league, especially after seeing uh, City's uh, opening day uh, capitulation against Spurs. We'll let Steve-O talk a bit about the squad depth and basically what we saw uh, and, you know, touching on the whole fact of sort of a little bit of panic <laughs> setting in. When you've seen that, th- you know, you had no reason to think that Liverpool would do anything but beat Norwich on Saturday. But there were a few jitters when you've seen a midfield of uh, Milner, Cater and Oxlade-Chamberlain probably not one we'll see again this season uh, unless it's maybe a, a, a Carabao Cup game or something you would you would you wouldn't expect um so uh, there was a little bit of that i'm not going to i'm not going to lie uh, with half an hour to kick off and you see uh, a team like that but at, uh, uh, on the opposite end of it you've seen the likes of Jota um getting a start along with Mane and Salah you had the ability to bring on Firmino, he had the ability to bring on Fabinho. You didn't even see Thiago there. Um, you know, we've got a, a what looks like a, an able deputy at left back. So, Steve, uh, squad depth that I've sort of touched on some of the positions there, but but for you, is it enough? Because I've I've seen other people say, say that this is almost a a skeleton squad that we've got. Yeah, I, I think. Um... <laughs> I think it's a case whereby you're looking at the... I listened to a lot. So I was away for a few days before the match on, on Saturday. Um, and I was listening. I was consuming an awful lot of uh, podcasts and stuff like that, which I normally wouldn't do. But just because I was away, I was in the car six, eight hours each day. Gumball the, rally. Gumball rally, was it? Gumball. Well, it wasn't. <laughs> I actually passed the gumball rally in Killy Beggs. They were going the opposite way to us. But yeah, it was they, they, the retro gumball rally was on this weekend. Um, but uh, but yeah, so we were spending six, eight hours a day in the car and uh, listening to an awful lot, like the, the Guardian and fucking off the ball and second captains and all. And everybody talking about it um, was talking about how we were really going to struggle. People were reckoning we were in the mix, but they were talking about the depth that United have, that Chelsea have, that that City have. Um, and it just got me thinking, 
do we have enough depth? Or is it's not do we have enough depth? We have enough depth. Is is the quality of the depth that we have good enough um, across the squad? And I suppose we proved two years ago that you can win a league with fifteen players. Ultimately, if mm. if you yeah. get lucky, or if if you if you don't have any major injuries. Um, but how often you can win a league with fifteen players is the next question. Um, and if we're real about a few things, everybody wanted Samikas to do to do well the other day, um, and I'm sure he'll grow into it over the next few games. Was Robertson's out injured? But how stable he is, he did give up possession on a number of occasions. He got caught out on a number of occasions, so we have to watch that. You look at Milner; he looked fucked in that game. You know, he he was caught out on a number of occasions. It was. He was he was he was left on his arse on a few occasions. He was, you know, the two and I know he's yet again had really good stats apparently this preseason in terms of his fitness and his capability, but in a match situation he looked he looked off the pace. Probably because he's fucking thirty five or thirty six years of age in, in central mm-hmm. midfield in a team that's required to work really, really hard. And you look at Mane, everybody's saying he, you know, and he did look leaner. I just don't know if if this is going to be a season where we get a a, a, a ten goal Mane or a twenty goal Mane mm. this season, you know, yeah. and Jota wasn't overly impressive to me in the game. He got his goal, but he didn't light things up. Bobby came on and looked decent, but I I think I think we probably are an attacker short, and I really hope that we're keeping our powder dry this summer so we can go and sign Mbappe next summer but uh, <laughs> I doubt that I doubt very much that that's the reason we're not spending money this summer we're not uh, Florentino Perez um, so I think it's done from a business decision rather than a cunning plan um, yeah. point of view and therefore you know I'm actually okay with this guy I genuinely I know I'm, I'm flip-flopping here in terms of my thoughts on it I don't actually care too much if we don't sign anybody else between now and the end of the window I think we have enough in us to challenge. Even if we went out and spent a hundred million on somebody, there's no guarantee that that makes a difference. We're against a range of teams that have a lot of quality across them. What they don't have is our manager, and what I genuinely don't believe they have is the unity and the togetherness that's in that squad that we have that the three other teams don't have. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is a fucking sham. <laughs> I don't. No one will tell me any different. He's a plonker, and he is. He's not there next season, you know. That's 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 uh, that that's the reality of it. Tuchel, it's a honeymoon period for him. We don't know what it's going to be like for him if he gets five or six games where they where they wobble. And every team wobbles over the course of a full season. What happens when they wobble? And if they wobble in October or November, where are they going to be at? I'm not so worried about Pep losing that game to Spurs the other day. We're top, you know, top teams are going to take points off each other throughout the season. City will be fine. They'll be right up there in May, very, very close to the top. I'm fighting it out, but I look at I look at who we've got around us, and and I think it would be nice if we brought in another player um, in in that sort of attacking area. Uh, but or, or like everybody's talking about the need for a genie replacement, I'm not sure we we have that need personally. Um, I would like to see another attacker come in, but if they don't, I'm not too bothered. So I'll leave it over to the others to give an indication of what they think. Yeah, I mean, Pete, uh, and the sort of what Steve O's saying there is being backed up by some of the comments. You know, an Origi upgrade, um, another midfielder. I think we're all satisfied with what we've got defensively. We've got, you know, 
the best keeper in the world. We've got a very able deputy uh, in Queevin Kelleher. Um, you know, it really does seem to come down to those two areas, the attacker and the myth and the and the yeah, yeah. A couple of things a couple of things I would take. I mean, Stephen is great, but we've now all worked together before, so it's good to meet him and he, he's a breath of fresh air, you know, says it the way he sees it. But I would you know the t- two things that jump at me immediately, Steve, about what you're saying. You can't say in one breath that you know you're worried about I don't know James Milner and the midfield not having enough lungs, and then saying we don't need a genie with an album replacement. Just can't do that. It's one or the other. I, I and I believe your second point, which kind of contradicts your first, is right. I think Genie Wijnaldum create has created a bigger hole in the squad than we think. I don't think it's an emergency, but we'll probably feel it against the bigger sides. That's one thing. You're absolutely just on that, right. Pete. Just on that. What no, I'm no, saying no. is, yeah, Mil- Milner looked out of his depth, but Milner isn't going to be relied upon for 25 games no, this season. No, 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 no. And I'm you just know, saying you can't say yeah. both things. Well, anyway. Anyway, yeah. I agree with you. One album needs to be replaced. Um, with regard, with regard to up front, yeah, I think everybody in the dog knows that you know we, we need something up front. I think you're a little bit harsh on Jota. Um, I, th- I, th- I thought you done all right. I think Salah. To be honest with you, it, it this is the year where he actually could be real in, re- in really in contention for the Ballon d'Or. It depends on how, on how well we are. I really don't see anybody else in the world. That is, and I keep saying about him, he's the, probably the most underrated player in the world. Um, so we're looking at, I, I, every week I wonder what record has he broken. It's incredible. Um, Mane, I think, you know, just had, he just had a bad season and he has set his own standards. He has set the standards so high. I mean, I think of Bayern Munich, Mane, I think of when he, when he, when he signed for a force against Arsenal. I think of, I haven't seen anybody make that kind of impact for us since John Barnes, since I was a kid. So Mane gets a pass for last season considering it was such a disaster. And you're right about what a lot of the media was saying. I've seen somebody saying today that Leicester are going to replace us in the top four. <laughs> I mean, we limped the whole season last last year and we were an okay toward, to be honest. So I think we'd be so, okay. So like if Leicester lose half their squad like we did last year, they have more depth than us. Like, look, Listen, it's just... Let, let, let's be honest. Know, there's, yeah. there's people out there uh, just saying things. I agree with you, Andy. To be honest with you, since I forced my Andy, it's maybe kind of sit there and look at Liverpool and go, what really is going on? I tell you what, in my opinion, and it goes under the radar, and Andy and I were talking about this before we came on, the amount of contract renewals at this club of absolute world-class, world-beaten players that you won't find at any other club within six weeks is unprecedented and unheard of. If this was another club, you'd be talking about maybe Van Dijk wants to go to Real Madrid after he gets fit. Who else signed a contract? You this, know, was Liverpool. this was Liverpool yeah. four years ago, Pete. Yeah. That's not even maybe, another club. Exactly. Maybe Trent Alexander, you know, wants to replace Danny Alves at Barcelona. Maybe these guys have, have you know, had, had, a, had a bit, but they've all signed new con- And what annoys me about these bottom reds, as Andy calls them, and Andy quite rightly calls them, because they haven't got a fucking clue what's going on, is that this man and this club and FSG and Michael Edwards and Jurgen Klopp has committed these players to new contracts. Now, if somebody comes in and if somebody comes in to grant our wish list, going in and being replacing Origi as a supplement to the to the front four, and maybe a little bit of creative quality in the middle of the park, maybe I'll be. I think this is just a dream window, and I can't believe we've got it done. But if we do nothing else but what we've just done 
and maybe bring in another forward who's not a world beater but can aptly cover the four. I'll be, I'll say this has just been an unbelievable. What I can't believe is the amount of moaning that's. I'm, I'm completely with Andy when it comes to the amount of moaning that goes on. And by the way, I was one of them. Steve, I was like you. Yeah, I was like, what else are we gonna do? But sometimes you just have to sit back and go, look at these lads signing new contracts two, three years before their, their contract extends. I mean, for me, that's the sign of a well-run club. These lads, the top players in the world, by the way, are looking at this club going, I want to be there into me early to mid-30s. That says everything. Mm. Yeah. No, I agree. Well, I agree. And, I, and, yeah. and to be fair, I'm one of the last people to say signings are the answer. As the lads will testify to you over the years, that's always been my thoughts, that Jurgen Klopp and what he can do with that squad is far more important than bringing in a new player for the sake of it. I do want to call Paul Smith out on something here, though. He's just said we need mid- midfielders in the mould of Ari Elian, Chukamini, right? <laughs> and then said Harvey Elliott is overrated two minutes later. Now, if you can tell me you've seen enough of that fucker for Monaco to tell me he's worth buying, but Harvey Elliott's overrated, having performed the way he did for, for Blackburn last season, you're talking bollocks. Sorry. Yeah, if, if Phil Casey was here, he would say shiny new things. Yeah, move on. Magpie. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, just in terms of the squad, obviously, uh, Andy, we've, we've, we, we, you know, we, we have, we have nailed down players that would guarantee, uh, essentially, us getting, you know, the best years out of some of these players' careers. Yeah, and you mm. know, we've, we've, we've already got. I think one of the things, it's something I'll, I'll, I'll touch on a little bit more, but um, one of the things that possibly goes under the radar a bit is we're, we're what, what we're doing is we're extending contracts of players who have already proven to be winners. They've already won, in a lot of cases, a league title in a European Cup. So, like th- th- this is this is a team that's pro- that's proven winners. We're not we're not we're not we're not sort of shooting for the stars. We're not trying to, you know, we're trying <laughs> Harvey Elliott, Preston Greenwich. Well, that's probably a thing that could go uh, that could go on for a little while. And Paul Smith is in the mood <laughs> um, after Steve O just dragged him there. In the mood, he wouldn't be the, the mood. Paul Smith's in the mud. La 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 la. Mordy Carter, the legend. That's not Steve O's dragged into the mud. And actually, Steve O, if Steve O really wants to, Steve O can send you to Massey's. He's got it. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the hurl to prove it. I've got the hurl to prove it. <laughs> He's got a hell to prove it. Um, but, I mean, if we look at one of our other title rivals, Andy. Um, we've got Ole at the wheel, yeah. They've they yeah. they brought in some some shiny new things, yeah. They had a big win at the weekend, and they've got their fan base hyped up, you know, with with you know with their sign and still to essentially come in and make an impact um, in Sancho and Varane. Um, so, like when you compare us with them, like do, do, do you see just do, do you get a little bit concerned that we're not sort of we're not sort of adding some additional pieces to a position of strength like would that make you feel a little bit better yeah look look as as much as the next fan likes showing you new things i like showing you new things brand new players are great but club has a lot of trust in that team that won us the league two seasons ago last year was a disaster and we won the champions league the year before that these are players that are still in their prime um, who he must be thinking after this contract, they're halfway through these contracts, he will start to replace them towards the end of his own contract. But, like, talking about squad depth, Liverpool have the best 11, or probably the best 14 in the whole league. And 
these issues that people are highlighting um, about our depth are come into play if we lose players in a, in, a, in a way we did last year. Obviously, we lost Virgil for the season again, our Gomez for the season again, our Matip out for the rest of the season again, Allison out for a period of time. Um, and then you have to pull apart your best midfield and put Fabinho playing centre-back. You have to put Henderson playing centre-back and then you have to play Milner there, Ox there every single week. That's a different conversation altogether. But the game against Norwich was was what we would have in 70% of games. Norwich away, it's similar to sort of 70% of games where you can't afford to change up your midfield you know, none of those players are going to be your strongest midfield this season. So you got Virgil that's bypassing the midfield uh, with with search and balls. And then when we were with the the times of the game that we were we were in the possession, they did a good enough job. That's fine. And Owen Bork made the point earlier. He thinks we'll see us rotating a lot. Klopp tends to rotate and make a lot of changes uh, at the very beginning of the season, probably up as, as far as November. And then come Christmas, you kind of they to get us through that sort of loads of games, it, you start to see the strongest playing a lot. But, like, it's very difficult to bring in a, a, a better player than Origi, and then he knows he's got to get past Salah, Mane, Firmino, and Jota. Mm. Who's going to fancy that challenge? So you've I've got someone like Harvey, Harvey Elliott, right, who's, who's quality right, quality uh, potential. He was, was going to be prepared to be there on our study, and when he gets minutes, he's the top players, when they get minutes, they prove themselves, and then that's his way of getting up the pecking order. But no established top striker is going to want to come in and see what, every time Jota scores, he, he's, uh, he plays, he scores. You can't shift those other three players out of the team. So when we talk about depth, that's when you, you lose two or three of those players for the season. But you can't, that's not how a manager would be planning for the season with, with this risk factor that you're going to lose four across your top four and then and then you bring in somebody of uh, of a better quality than the region. It's a, it's a hard balancing act. Midfield, yeah, Ginny, I love them. You know what I mean? He's, he's always fit. You would say it's going to leave a massive void in the, in the midfield. I think it will. But, you have to remember, we bought an extra midfielder last summer when we didn't really need one. He brought in Thiago then. And I think the writing was kind of on the wall that Ginny might even go at the end of the window last year as it turns out we went for free this year. But that was that was the succession planning for, for Ginny. There's no way Thiago's coming into that Liverpool squad and not expecting to play every single week. So you're probably not going to see a starter coming in. And in terms of backups, it's very difficult to improve on the backups, especially if you're talking about Naby Keita, who spent £60 million on who's currently a backup. You've got Curtis Jones, another up-and-coming uh, superstar. I, I, I rate him. You know, he's, he's the next product like that we uh, that we had, Trent. And then across the back, um, he's improved, he's brought in Kanate. We were crying out for, for somebody to come in. He came in early in the window and people forgot all of a sudden that we did that business. Look, there probably is a need for one or two players if we're to experience the same sort of crisis as we did last year. As I said at the start, I love shiny things too, but it's a balancing act. And Klopp knows best. If he if he thinks we need quality, he'd be bashing the door down for uh, on John Henry's yacht <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and the money we spent. 
But looking at the squad there now, yeah, maybe we're shy an extra, you know, just one extra, you know. But uh, I mean, uh, when when people are talking Liverpool's chances down the top four or challenging for the league, they're basing it on last season when we it was horrific. And look, there's yeah. Klopp has a lot to learn from last year as well. It was a bad year for him personally in his personal life uh, and trying to manage that team that just won the league that he couldn't get to celebrate it, that he couldn't, um, you know, because when you work so hard, you want that you have to have that release. You know what I mean? They never would have got that. They're practically straight back into it again. No preparation, no pre-season and then injuries all over the shop. So, look, maybe not, maybe the next couple of years is the time to start seeing the top players being replaced. But um, right now, there's more than enough there to, to uh, make a title challenge. I think, yeah. for, as I said, 14 of those players are better than the best 14, Chelsea, City, um, United, whoever else can pick. Their quality. Bring it on, Bring Bring it on, on. I think is what you're saying, Andy. And look, I mean, there's guys there uh, in the comments throwing names there as well, like Minamino. I mean, he's a yeah. lot to prove there as well if he doesn't go out the door. You know, he looked he looked bright in, in uh, pre-season. He's not going to think he's finished. You know, and and they can't expect to have a much higher level of quality in your ranks that a lot of these players mightn't even get picked in the squad. You know, it's a tough balancing act. And it's yeah. it's the it's it's the kind of beauty of having such quality eleven. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I, yeah. I don't agree with you there, Andy. I um, don't. Uh, the, on the yeah, idea that we, yeah, uh, everything you've said for the last six years or so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, um, no, just, just European cups and Premier Leagues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's talking about. <laughs> um, it's a good job Klopp doesn't watch this. Uh, <laughs> um, no, just in terms of saying we can't really get much better than Jada or Minamino. That's that's a fallacy. You know, we we. But, we, but who, we who's going to come in? Who's going to come in, Steve? Uh, let me tell you the way it works, and you you'll know this. Uh, top Thanks player, for telling me this. I was completely ignorant to it. But a top, but a top player, a top player is not going to risk. I mean, if if you're a top centre forward and you're looking at yeah. Firmino, you're looking at Salah mm. Mane, and you're thinking, yeah. I'm a top player. I'm 23, 24. Yeah. yeah. Am I going to take the risk? That, is that why Jack? Know, is that why Jack Grealish didn't go to City? No, listen. There's a myriad of reasons why Jack 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 Reilly really probably is going to start every hang game. On, Steve, hang on, you asked the question. Let me answer. No, he's not. He's no, not. no, no. I didn't. I didn't ask the question. You've asked. I didn't ask the question. You just came. You came in with no. your opinion. I didn't ask you a question. I was going back to Andy. But you've just asked the question. Jack, go on. Finish out what you want to say. As Jack Reilly said, you asked the question. I'm going to answer it because Silva is gone. And he probably fancies himself to go in there and replace Silva. Manchester City haven't replaced that player, that in the hole player that can make. They don't have a centre forward. So they need somebody that can put a, a ball on a plate for absolutely anyone. And Jack Grealish is perfect at doing that. Now, will he do it? I don't know. But that is exactly why Jack Grealish has gone there. Anyway, next point top is... Players. A top players. 
a top centre forward is not going to sign and risk his career and not being able to shift Salah and Manny Of course he will. Of course he will. The the club didn't approach. It's not like the club approached players this summer and they were turned down by top players who didn't want to come and play. I didn't say that. We didn't. didn't We didn't. But you're saying they wouldn't. They would. We just haven't made the approaches simply because we don't have the money to. We don't have the money to because for the last eighteen months the club hasn't had the commercial income that they normally would. And we let me finish. Let me finish now, Pete. Let me finish. We didn't have the commercial income to go and sign the players that we wanted to. You're telling me Klopp didn't want to improve the squad more than he did last summer? Of course he did. Did he want to improve it more this summer? Yeah, of course he did. He's come out and said that in not so many words, but he said. I have to work within the remit of this club. This club only spends what it brings in, and COVID has completely fucked us. That's what Where's the Brad Jones money, John? <laughs> but, <laughs> but the reality is, top players would come and sign for us and fancy themselves to, to, well, I, I to just, have a go I at think, that. I just three. don't think now is a time with the front three. I just don't think now is a time. Of course it is. Manny's had a terrible season. If you were a top player, you terrible season. Yourself, do you think yeah, Manny should be replaced? No, I'm saying that a top player. You. I, I didn't, like I didn't say you. that. Manny that's given. okay. Well, that's Steve, you don't have to. That's no, my point is, no, no, my point is Replace that a top Manny. player... No, okay. th- no, you're putting words in my mouth. What I'm saying You just said Manny when I said who should be replaced. No, I'm saying that a top player would fancy themselves to come in and possibly take Manny's place in that side. Why don't that's what a so. top? Uh, that's what a top player would fancy. Well, we think it would take an Mbappe. That level to come That's in. That's a different Stevo, Stevo, it was it was uh, it was me you told I was talking shite. So can I answer that? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. a different conversation. If if we're in the business of uh, replacing Mane or Salah, which, which we're absolutely not, the two players are in the prime, Klopp is planning on playing them for every single game that they're available, fit and fresh for, then yeah, they that's that's a different conversation. Be, like eventually, Salah will have to be replaced. Eventually, Mane will have to be replaced. Eventually, Bobby, but it's not going to happen now. Uh, maybe it might have happened if if Klopp got the business he wanted to get done last summer, and we didn't have empty stadiums for the last eighteen months or whatever it is now. Uh, then a lot of that he might have been thinking of the, now is the time to start his succession planning and developing his new squad. But we're a year behind because they. The uh, club reported a loss. It certainly isn't the time to to be selling your top no. players. And I, I think we'd be in the market for you. Agree. Look, even Grealish, it's a stupid signing. A hundred million, four hundred grand a week, and he doesn't really improve that City team. I think Bernardo Silva is a better player. I would way rather Bernardo at Liverpool than Jack Grealish. Hundred percent. The way the, the way you want teams to play in the Premier League, it's just and he, he's gonna play. You don't spend a hundred odd million on a player and spend and uh, and and uh, pay him four hundred grand a week if you're not going to play him in eighty eighty five percent of the games. He's got he's he's in he's he's one of the three or four three or four names on the on the team sheet. Listen, I think, I think there's I think, more. I think there's more yeah. at play to that transfer for Grealish than there is yeah. him being. It's the fact that he's English. It's the fact that he's a he's a an icon for English fans. Man City yeah, aren't seen as a relevant club. Grealish, mm-hmm. Sterling. That's Pe- that's what Pep wants. And Both John Stones, well. obviously. And John and, Stones. And wants, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. But listen, yeah. Harry Kane makes perfect sense for them. And, and probably by Thursday, they will have a centre-forward. Steve, if we... They, they've lost Aguero, right? They want to... If yeah. it, it's a pair... It's a, like, if they... With unlimited phones, it's, it's a... You know, it's a bit of an all brain and bring in Harry Kane, one of the top scorers for the last four years. You won't get Salah from us. It makes sense. But that's not that's not what we're at at the moment. No, Certainly no, no. Certainly if Salah was I'm gone out the door, that. 
Denny what I'm be- saying is we have to set our standards higher than Minamino and and Divock Origi as challengers yeah. to Salah and Mane and to well, think that did. players won't come here. No, no, Jota is a Jota is a prime example. Well, Steve, he had all the stats. Yeah, okay, can ahead. I just say, look, yeah, yeah, you're talking about high standards. He's, they brought in Canate, right? They spent forty million or something like that. It's just because we spent like uh, seventy, eighty million on uh, on Van Dijk. It makes it makes that look like a cheap version of a of its centre back signing. But they brought in Canate when we've got Gomez and Matip, who've been absolutely immense for us. And Klopp has identified that maybe these players won't be quite available based on their injury record. So it's worth spending the money on. But if you're going to, like, if, if you see Salah, who's normally available, Mane is normally available, Firmino doesn't get injured too often, and then, look, you've got uh, Jota to come in as well. It doesn't make very much sense to go out and spend 50, 60 million on a player of that's going to be... Yeah, listen, I'm not saying you have plus. to spend it. I'm not saying you have to spend it. Top players aren't always expensive players. You know, you don't have to spend huge money to get a top player, and you don't necessarily get a top player if you spend huge money. We we've, yeah. we've seen that over the years. Lots of other clubs have seen that when they've gone out and spunked. You look at fucking Nicholas Pepe, seventy three million for Arsenal. He's looked dirt since he was signed. So I'm not I'm not one of these people saying we have to spend money. Far from it. I'm just not buying into the idea that we can't we can't expect a higher level of backup than Origi and Minamino because both of those players, Minamino at Southampton didn't light the world up. Origi has been brutal since he scored the goal against fucking Spurs in the in the final of the Champions League. We have to move on from these players. Accepting yeah. that they're as good as we can get yeah. to back up but our you know, squad isn't acceptable. Or not, about, not that it's not sorry, not that it's not acceptable, but it's okay for us to set our standards higher than that. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I Look, agree with that. And it's difficult, but it's stable. difficult, difficult, Steve. You know, it's difficult to find players that will come in. This is what I'm saying. There's two things at play really. Liverpool sniff in the direction of a footballer and ten million quid goes on to his price. Of course. Yeah, I understand. You have to be able to give the younger players minutes as well. Trent Absolutely. didn't get into this team without being given minutes. Uh, yeah. Curtis Jones won't establish himself in our midfield without being given minutes. You have to have them. Uh, them and that's them why I'm not bothered. And Harvey Elliott is the next. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I'm, but, I, but, I, but he played Harvey Elliott centrally for a lot of this preseason. I don't think he necessarily sees him as a player to take over from Mane or Salah because he doesn't have the pace that they have. He's a more technically gifted player from... The, the honestly limited amounts I've seen him. I've, I've watched highlights of Blackburn last year when it would come up on the feed of him having done well and you'd see three or four minutes of, of what he did and, and he looked impressive. But maybe he's seen as a, a more attack-minded number 10 type player. I, I absolutely know, I agree he, on I Curtis think he, Jones. I think, he plays, I think he plays wide in the games where, where Salah he maybe leaves Salah out or, or Mane out. Maybe so, maybe so. And that remains to be seen. I totally agree on Curtis Jones. He looked really good in a struggling Liverpool side last season. I can't wait to see what he looks like when the shackles are off. He's going to be excellent. He's going to be excellent. He's going to be absolutely, absolutely I agree. brilliant this year. And I in, totally in a packed field with, that, with their yeah. fans behind him. It's going to be excellent. And I totally, I totally agree with giving him the minutes and that younger players have to get the minutes. All my argument is, and I'll stand over it till the day I die, you don't have to settle. And, <laughs> and, no, no, and the, re- I the reality is... I think that yeah, the, only, yeah. the only difference I had was like, 
Yeah, but what big, big time? But you made a point there a couple of minutes ago to say they don't have to be expensive players. Exactly. Oh, Pedro Neto off, yeah. uh, off like, Wolves. Yeah. Pedro like, Neto off Wolves. I think there's a, a list a There's a list of four, five, six players who we've been linked with over the last sort of 12 to 18 months. And that, you know, even more, more recently, uh, Bowen. Uh, of West Ham. I mean, you know, the, 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 the certain, I think there's a certain type of player that Liverpool will look to bring in to be mm-hmm. the next Mo Salah, to be the next Mane, to be the next Jota. And what I mean by that is the next player that we can buy in the sort of 40 to 50 million bracket that yeah. will go on to be, uh, someone who's worth a lot more, worth more like a 70 million Pepe type of player that never actually became any sort of a player in our, in Arsenal's case. And I think, you know, uh, to expect us to go out and buy, this is why I'm, you know, and many Liverpool fans will be convinced that Mbappe just isn't going to uh, come to He's Liverpool done. at any He's point. Done, um you know, that's not, you know, we're not going to go out there and sign, you know, a Lukaku, a Harry Kane and Mbappe. That's just not, that's just not where we're going to go shopping. Um, and I do think a player can be brought in who is better than Divock Ariki and can potentially um, compete uh, with the with the four lads that we've got mm-hmm. there at the moment. So, look, we'll move on. It's always good to have a healthy debate. Um, few, uh, a few uh, popcorn emojis went into the chat there as that was unfolding, which was good to see. But um, I'm going to bring it back to Liverpool winning the league this season. We obviously got um, a, a little bit of a sample um, of, of what our rivals um, are, are likely to do this season on the pitch. Um, we've seen you know, United uh, winning very comfortably. We've seen uh, Chelsea winning uh, very comfortably. Uh, we've seen Leicester eke out a result. I, I mentioned Leicester more in the top four conversation than anything else, although we need to be thinking higher than the top four this season. Um, we've seen City slip up. Now, I thought the pressure was on us in some respects. You know, it felt like, you know, teams had already gone out there and and, and, and done something and we needed to, mm-hmm. to go out. And then we absolutely did um, cruise to a victory against the team that we absolutely should have won. But I just... I just think the whole context of this season for me, and the reason why I say we're winning the league, and this is not about getting carried away off the back of a, a fairly routine performance and 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 win against uh, thanks Nay um, <laughs> for re, for re uh, regurgitating that famous show. Um, I, I do think that you know with what happened last season. Um, and we've got a classic game coming up this weekend in Burnley, and we've got plenty of those uh, scores to settle this season with teams that will come to Anfield. We've got scores all over the shop to settle. You know, we lost so many home games. You know, we we you know we've got we we've got what what happened against Everton in both of those games to put right this season. Um, you know, despite the fact that it's going to be Rafa who's who who we're going to come up against. You know, we've got. We've got European champions coming to Anfield in, 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 in just over a week's time. You know, we've got, you know, we've got United who we, who we, who we, we failed to beat at Anfield this season. You know, we, 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 we've got a title defense that we never really properly got to defend last season. You know, it was kind of, 
it was such a, a you know when you look back to this this weekend's games you know it just puts into context how fake that season really was you know we 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 really that was not a proper season's football and i think these players will come back more hungry than ever i think they'll be the most hungry squad in the league i think it's the most rejuvenated uh, manager out there uh, in the league this season um we've got i mentioned it earlier before we've got proven winners you know how, you know how many how many teams will go out there we know man city will go out there with predominantly 11 players every week who've won a, a league title they haven't won a european cup you know which teams are going to go out there and be proven winners i remember every season when we said this year was going to be our year but we always had that sort of you know that in the back of our mind but but no one really had had done this before no one had won this league before well look everyone's won this league before pretty much who's going out there and i'm absolutely convinced that we will we will bounce back i think city have got such a tough job this season to to retain this league it's been proven over the number of years the premier league's been in, in existence how hard it is to retain it and i just mm. for me you know you can overreact and you can do all your hot takes but i just feel that for City, as well as trying to retain the league, the deflation that came with losing that Champions League and what they'll be putting in to try and correct the wrongs of what they feel of, of not being able to win that European Cup uh, and the energy they'll put in to try and rectify that, I think that'll be a huge distraction to them. And I just think we are we've got the overall sort of perfect combination to go and win the league this season. I don't really need to come to Andy first that he can he can he can really finish this this topic off at the end. So I'll come to you Pete. Where do you see us in where do you rank us in terms of title contenders? Well, I think Liverpool are always at the most dangerous when they're being written off. I don't know why that is. To be honest with you, I, I often find especially with the with the emergence of social media, that it's very often a combination of clickbaiting and wishful thinking. You know, there's very few people out there that are actually critical. You know, when it comes to any of the top top teams, if you are if you're in any way critical about Liverpool, you'd say that stability is very very important in the game. And it doesn't matter how much money you spend, you have to you have to shall we say um, embed even top top players into into your system and into your side. Liverpool at the moment don't have that problem they've just locked everybody down and you talk about you talk you use words like rejuvenate and i think that goes over an awful lot of people's heads a lot of people are like ah whatever no the value of another year's experience and and this group being together just just clicking and with last year being so bad based on nothing else but pure the pure misfortune probably fatigue i think the covid break probably cause an awful lot of freakish muscle fatigue, particularly in the way, in our players, in the way we play. I think with everybody back together, back sharp, back fit, you tend to forget who we're dealing with here. We're we're talking about Virgil van Dijk. You could make an argument for being the best centre-back that has has kicked the ball in English football, certainly for the last 30, 40 years. Um, Without exaggerating, you you talk about a front three that doesn't really need, you know, any... Any tweet it needs to be supported, as Steve says, better, but it doesn't. It certainly doesn't need any changes. Yeah, um, and you just look at you, we've got the best goalkeeper in the world. You've got the best emerging right back, established probably right back in the world. 
I really, to be honest with you, I look at Manchester City, and don't get me wrong, lots of lovely touches, lots of look, but still a back four that has been spent, well, a back six now, that, you know, he spent the guts of half a billion pounds and still can't get right. You know, Spurs, you look, if, any, if you watch the game, you, you just had that feeling that if Spurs got at them, could make it stick in the final third, and they got a couple of chances that they were going to score, and they did, that's exactly what they did. Like, so for me, Manchester City's vulnerabilities, for I mean, it's incredible that, a man can spend closing in the, on a billion pounds on a squad and have no centre forward, but a backup for the centre forward for 30 million quid. So Liverpool, for me, is there for the taking. The only real threat is Chelsea. I mean, I look at what Manchester United have brought in. Rafael Ver- There's a reason why Real Madrid didn't want to give Rafael Ver- Varane an extra 10 million quid a year because he's not worth it. He's past his best. Maybe the hunger's gone. You know, uh, Sancho... If um, if a manager like Gareth Southgate doesn't trust you in the final tour when he really needs it, and he wasn't sure he was brought on to take a penalty in the biggest game of of Southgate's career, he wasn't trusted to play the game. So these are players. Paul Pogba doesn't want to be there. Bruno Fernandez, don't get me wrong, he'll get on the end of things. But again, you're always looking for somebody in that midfield to kind of make the others play. That's always you're not going to win a league with Fred and McTominay. You know, I still think Juan Bissaka is a, is a liability and Harry Maguire is Harry Maguire and they don't have a goalkeeper. So I'm looking at, again, Liverpool and I'm looking at Chelsea. A lot of people writing off Thomas Tuchel. I think Thomas Tuchel is a good coach. I think he's good for the German players that have been brought in. That young flip that they have, the, the false nine. Um, Havertz is a good player. But again, Chelsea have their have their, have their their weaknesses too that we don't have. Um, so for me... To be honest, with you, to keep writing us off because I really think other teams are spending to catch up with us. That's the whole thing. Every time a, a, another team brings in a player, oh, he's as good as Van Dijk, or he's as good as Salah, or he's as good as this. It's them. Even it's in their heads. We need to catch up with Liverpool. I think Liverpool are. To be honest, with you, again, it's going to be a bit like it could be a bit like when we went 10, 20 points ahead. That mightn't happen, but I honestly think we're that far ahead of other teams. I just think as fans after last year, we might have forgotten it a little bit, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, Steve, I think, you know, something that Pete's mentioning there about being written off, you know, third up, I, I, I do sense that, you know, a lot of the so called experts see us as being the third or fourth best team in this league. Um, I, I think that hugely underestimates us. What, what's your view? Um, it's a hard one to call. Um, mm. I disagree with Pete on the Sancho thing. I think a player that's Get for two and a half seasons. No, no, no. I'm just saying for a player for a player who for the last two and a half years has had a goal involvement per game. I in no way would take Gareth Southgate's opinion on a footballer as anything to do with their capabilities. He's a defensive he made the final, shit. Yeah, but he's a. He but you know what? He's. Jared Houllier won five trophies. It meant his yeah, fucking Jared football was, was septic. Yeah, yeah, but his football was, was septic. I mean, yeah, a, a national, played, and one of the would, top national federation trusted Jared Houllier to run the whole shop. You can't say that about Jared Houllier. Jared Houllier. What did I say? What did I say? I just, he he, he's a very defensive coach. So let me let me just make my point here. Excellent coach. <laughs> he wasn't <laughs> Gareth Southgate is a very defensive-minded coach who shit the bed yeah. every time he was up against something. That's why Jaden Sancho didn't play, not because of his capabilities, in my opinion. So for me, I think Jaden Sancho has the capability to come in and be a really effective force in the Premier League. The problem 
for Man United, I think, is their inability to pick who their number one goalkeeper is. The fact that they don't have a world they class goalkeeper. They don't have yeah, one. They, they, exactly. The they don't. They don't have a world class. They don't have a world class keeper, regardless of which one they pick. Harry yeah. Maguire is a lumbering shitbag. And 80 million for him and England captain and all the rest, or England vice captain, whatever the fuck he was when, when Kane wasn't around. But uh, totally. I'm sorry, Man United captain, should I say. Varane isn't the. I, I still think Varane's actually a very good player. I think he could have been an excellent player alongside someone like Van Dyke. I'm not saying Van Dyke, but I think putting him in alongside Maguire isn't the answer there. Do you not think that's a problem when you're when you're trying to say, I think this fella's an excellent player and he could be great beside somebody great? I find that's a problem. Like I look at I think Harry Maguire's the problem. problem. This is my everybody yeah. was everybody was talking about we need to find a partner for Harry Maguire. And my opinion my opinion is Harry Maguire is not the answer. You don't need to find a partner for Harry Maguire. You need to find someone alongside him that makes him better. And and I don't know if Raphael is gonna do you can't that. can call someone a good player Based on the fact that you need someone to unlock his ability, like this, that's why I have a no. Exactly, I agree, and that, yeah. that, that's why I think Maguire is a, a poor player. I don't, I don't think he's an eighty million pound defender. I think he's slow. I think he's reactive. I think he gets totally hurt far too often, and they're not going to win a league with him. They have tremendous firepower. Paul Pogba was phenomenal on Saturday. People saying he's not consistent enough. I think he suffers with injuries too much because when he was in the team last season. He actually had quite a lot of involvement in their in their good play. And I think he will again this season. It's whether he can play 90% of their games rather than 70% of their games. McTominay and Fred, totally agree on them. Both very average players. But average players in that part of the park, if they're just doing a consistent job, they can actually they can do the job for you. United had average players in those positions at the best of times throughout their throughout all of their winning, their title winning teams. But they had the firepower in front of them and a yeah, solid defense. The parts goals get your goal out of nowhere every week. Yeah. You know? But then they'd have, have a Young or they'd yeah. have a, a Darren Fletcher or a Michael Carrick or whoever it might have been alongside them. A st- an average plotter, you know. So so I'm not too worried about United. City are the reigning champions. It's very <laughs> difficult to, to retain uh, what they have. And and they have got an, uh, you know, it's very difficult to retain the title, but they have a lot of quality in there and they have the ability to get 90 points this season. And then you have Chelsea who look strong. But as I said earlier on, um, you know, the, 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 the situation there is that they could have a wobble. And when they do, who knows what's going to happen. So to answer your question, I think we have an excellent chance, but it depends on whether Mane, Firmino, Jota can actually back up Salah in the burden of, of scoring goals. It depends whether Thiago now with Fabinho and Henderson, hopefully behind him for the majority of the season, can unlock defences with his passes. We know what he's capable of when, when he takes the shackles off. But this team was a very disjointed team last season. One that really didn't know its head from its tail. And understandably so, because of the way they were getting fucking 20 centre-back partnerships throughout the season. You know, So with a bit of stability this season, I think we have a great chance. But it's going to be, it's going to be the first proper title race with a few teams involved, I think, in a long time. Yeah, so, I mean, just on that, I mean... So I think we'll finish fourth. (laughs) 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 Well, at least we finished top four, Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although Leicester could pick us, you know. (laughs) No, I think think we're first or second. Genuinely, I think that's where we... I think we finished first or second. And within three or four points of, of, of either winning it by three or four or second by three or four is... Ten points, ten points. So, um, Andy, um, a close title race is kind of where Steve-O ended up there. I mean, the one thing that, we, you know, we've seen some some pretty 
epic title races in 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 recent times obviously the 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 one with city um not too long ago um you know the title race where we you know threw it away against city um a number of years ago one thing we haven't seen is is something that we seen in spain actually last year where there was you know sort of three teams in contention almost to the last day of the season like is are we are we getting to the stage now where you could potentially see that between you know three teams of liverpool city chelsea united like it being that close and we could actually have you know, something that we've not seen for a long time with, with, with more than two genuine title contenders come the last sort of two or three games of the season? No, uh, I'll, I'll tell you why in a second. <laughs> um, I, I just want to read Verandich because it's the only clean comment he's ever put up and he's always commented. <laughs> but uh, he's saying Trent is probably uh, the best or one of the best attacking right-backs, but certainly not the best right-back in the world. Look, could do that conversation to death. Trent is the best right back in the world for us. If you're Liverpool and you play like us, Trent is the most ideal player on the planet to play there. Absolutely. Um, if Trent is playing in a different team that may be set up a little bit differently and are and expect to defend a lot more, um, and you don't have a midfielder who drops back and centre backs who are so good on the ball who can pu- push up the pitch and they're comfortable and pacey, then yeah, maybe like England. Trent isn't quite the most suited right back, but you'd play him on the right side of midfield or an attack or whatever. Anyway, um, on to your question. Uh, no, I don't think... Look, for a team like Liverpool, who I think uh, suffered most from the lack of crowds, I think that team, that manager, buzz off the crowd more than anyone. Um, no, no fans was the perfect storm for, um, for City, who started slow. They started to get a hold of the league um, when when Liverpool slipped up and they were able to just go to grounds, have it their way, death by 4,000 passes. They totally changed the way they played and teams weren't able to put it up against them. First game of the season, they go to Wembley and the Spurs fans are back Wembley. in. And they're sh- or whatever. <laughs> the Spurs... The Spurs Stadium. Yeah, it, look, it's the same, or isn't it? The Spurs Stadium. The, the Spangly, Spangly Spurs Shiny Stadium. Yeah. Big. Massive roundy stadium with shit, <laughs> shit atmosphere. Um, they and the sports fans are not even the best fans. They just like chant, "Come on, you Spurs!" for the whole thing. <laughs> and uh, and and they they play okay for fifteen minutes and then they fall apart. City won't like going to crowds, um, like the Brentford crowd. They won't get it their own way. The 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 opposition is gonna. Um, react to that crowd, the atmosphere, throwing in the extra tackle um, and force mistakes from City. So I don't see, think City are going to have a, their own way at all this season. And when we challenge City and we put it up to them, we're better than them. You're talking about United. United had the, the most amazing season they could imagine last year and finished five points ahead of our horrific season with no, no defenders. Um, Chelsea, they're, they're far from the complete article to, to win a league. I think the league will be won this year with 90-odd points, and that's going to be us. And second is going to be in the low 80s. I think that'll be sick. And you'll, you'll see a good battle for second, third, and fourth again. But uh, I think I think Liverpool are the team that can can get 90 points again. Look, Ray, you hit the nail on the head at the very beginning of this conversation. That title defence last year... 
they never got to defend the title property. They felt sorry for themselves. I said, I said at the start about the fun being back. There was no fun last year. It was just routine. Even though we were top of Christmas, it was this every week, this routine. It looked painful. Yeah. And and uh, and it was it was a struggle. But if we can keep players fit and they can and they can um get back into the mindset that they are the best team in the land and and they can stay fit, then I think Liverpool are the team that everyone needs to worry about more than anything. Nobody's going to want to come to Anfield. Can you imagine we would have lost nine, whatever it was? How many games in a row did we lose at Anfield last year? Six, six, in, a six, row. Was it? six in a row. Six 18, po- 18 points that should absolutely you know, be straight yeah. back on the board this season. It look there's there's eighteen points that probably would have won us the league last year. Like that's 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 how much the crowd matters to to Liverpool. And I think uh, City, if they get Kane, that's a big improvement to what they have there now. Yeah. But the likes of Grealish, it doesn't. If I was a City fan, it doesn't improve them a hundred million. No, it certainly exactly doesn't. No. And that, and yeah. and if he doesn't, if he doesn't, um, if he doesn't perform. To the levels he was performing on Philly, and it's a total. If someone said it earlier on Twitter, um, it's a hip, typical noise or clough scenario. Big, uh, big fish in a small pond, yeah, small yeah. fish in a big pond. Like yeah. if he doesn't get going, I look. I, I, I know if they get Kane, they just score goals. He will because, and he doesn't have to do anything is. other than bang. He's good get, enough. Get He's good enough ball. to score goals. Yeah, he but is. but there's a there's a big focal point now on on uh, on Grealish to perform. Uh, in that city team, it's a big so, test of his character as well, um, yeah. Andy. We've seen little indiscretions from him, you know, he, a little bit maybe immaturity or whatever. But he's going to have to be. He's going to have to be. He's twenty five, Ray, or twenty six. Yeah, we probably haven't seen those in the last couple of seasons, though, Ray. Have we? Yeah. Since since he kept Villa, you know, he kept Villa up that season, and then they were very good last season. I think I think he copped on when he came back up into the Premier League, and and he has shown himself to be a leader and a more mature player. And I think he'll be fine at City. I think he'll do well for them. I just don't think he was exactly what they needed. I think Kane is exactly what they needed. I, I think if, um, if you're City, yeah, exactly. I think you're right. If you're City, you, bu- you try to buy John McGinn as well. I mean, I can't believe that that fella goes so far under the radar. And you're missing a trick. I mean, with Fernandinho being 36, I'm saying let's throw 50 million at John McGinn. You know what I mean, and and try to, uh, John McGinn's a smashing player. The relationship is there with Grealish. I, I don't. To be honest, I think all of these poster boys. Sometimes you miss who's really doing the work. Grealish played in the season where Villa almost went down. McGinn didn't. Villa pulled up trees last year when McGinn was playing. I think people are missing a trick with him. Well, they've really? needed. I mean, look, City have needed a striker for a number of years now. I mean, they, they clearly haven't got the faith yeah. in. In Jesus, Aguero was was on the wane for a number of seasons. It's actually amazing that they've that you know, assuming they do get Kane, it's amazing in some ways that that they've waited this long to actually mm. go out and buy someone of that you know of real star quality like that. In all honesty, um, when I'm sure they could have gone out and bought and bought someone before now. Just see, um, the, sorry, you know, just I just the comments. Catch me on so Andy is saying he completely ignored what you said, Ray, and he just wants to say something else. He said, <laughs> he, he, said he, he said it's a he surprised it took this long to boy Kane. Yeah, yeah, to answer your question, it, it is a surprise it took the long. But Kane Yeah, yeah, did. cool. Now what I want yeah. to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> that was what was uh, a <laughs> don't worry, Steve. I'll level level yeah, uh, level one listening, that is. It's when you're kick him out, yeah. waiting it's, to it's, talk. It's, um, it's called non-active listening. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> now, Chris, Chris back there, it makes the comment about uh, Grealish. It seems, it seems to be just like everyone forgets about that. During lockdown, Grealish uh, broke the rules and went out and crashed his car. And there was all sorts of rumors about what he was up to. Like, that's the sort of cabbage you're dealing with. And they, and they go out and spend $100 million on him. I mean, for a hundred million, want to be getting a, br- a bigger brain than that? Just on something else, I'm actively, I'm not an actively, yeah, but I want to, I want to, and now I want to ignore what you're saying and just say what I want to say. You see how Can this I, goes? Just, just to address yeah. that comment on the screen, um, Muhammad there says, These lads are giving me hope. I don't know whether he means us or, or he means the Liverpool team. You don't <laughs> need us to give you hope. That, that team, um, and Klopp. Uh, should give you all the the hope you need from anyway. You were talk talk about turning doubters into believers. If you don't believe at this stage, you'll never ever ever believe. You don't need new shiny things or or a, a genie replacement or a or an Origi um, um, upgrade to give you hope. That, look at that team. Look at us. Look look at that. Th- look at us five six years ago, and look at us now. What hope do you need? I'll go, look, I'm going to sit here and do a pod on my own one night and just talk about uh, this this team and, and be the biggest top rate I possibly can. And I'll, I'll, I'll say talk about it. I'd say you'll get loads of viewers that night. Yeah. But <laughs> I'll, bore, I'll bore people to absolute. There must be an FSG anniversary pod coming at some point. <laughs> Look, Andy, yeah, just I'm available any night of the week. Three, three or four people have said it there about Milner ran the most of any player in the Premier League this weekend. I'm not yeah. saying, I, the very first thing I said was that he still finished top of the, the fucking indexes for the players in pre-season and whatever else, but he got dropped on his arse and he looked lost in parts of the match. And he can run all day and try really hard, but my point was that he's not going to be in our first choice midfield. And that's okay. He'll come in and play 10, 12 games in a season. He'll do a good job. And it's great to have him around there because he's a massive help to the likes of Curtis Jones coming through, to the likes of, of fucking Harvey Elliott coming through, showing them what professionalism can do for your career, as is our captain. Um, and, and we're talking about underrated players. Jordan Henderson coming back into this team is a massive, massive plus. We're talking about Thiago. We're talking about Fabinho. But, but, but to be honest with you, Jordan Henderson coming back into that midfield adds so much to it. And and so much in terms of its ability to break quickly, the ability to play a 50, 60 yard pass and open up a team. You know, Trent might have that in his locker. Virgil might have that in their locker. But I think Jordan Henderson does it far more often than either of those players do. And 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 that's something we need to appreciate and be and be happy about that. He should be back for the Chelsea game. Thiago should be in that team for the Chelsea game. Fabinho, that's a very different midfield going into that Chelsea game with whatever front three we play. doesn't matter. And I found out the other day, I don't know if this is true because I haven't fact-checked it, but apparently we're only going to lose Mane and Salah for two Premier League games. January. That's all we're going to lose them for in the Afcon. Okay. Yeah, okay. so the way things fall and the way we have that week off and the way the FA Cup comes in. And oh, I, think I see, yeah. And in the, Jan- in, yeah you there's have the 8th, the 8th 9th of January is, yeah, is the FA Cup, and then yeah. it's split. So we, I think even if they make it to the final, we only lose them for two games because the club will fly them back privately as well. So, you know, barring any sort of mad quarantine requirements, then we should only lose them for two games, which, you know, it's not ideal, but you could easily lose somebody with a fucking dead leg for two games. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's coming and you can plan for it and Divock can have it. And that's why we've, and that's why we've made these purchases this summer to be able to plan. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So we will, we'll move. So, Consensus is that. Can I answer uh, Mikey's question? 
Yeah, go on. Uh, will Andy still support Liverpool when FSG sell or just the Red Sox down? First of all, FSG aren't planning on selling Liverpool anytime soon. Because <laughs> so, uh, I because I because I speak to Linda on Twitter regularly now. Well, I say yeah. I speak to I speak to her. She doesn't at speak her. Back. You speak at her. You speak at her, Andy. <laughs> but she hasn't uh, said anything about the. Disorder. And she hasn't blocked you yet. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> and I'm old enough now to say to Mikey, uh, <laughs> I was supporting Liverpool when your arse was the side of a show, but. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah so uh yeah now uh, i'll be still supporting liverpool mikey don't worry about it yeah next Top red Top next red get that <laughs> get that comment off the screen we've had, next. We've had, we've had the good <laughs> we've had the bads now we're um, unfortunately we're gonna have to do the ugly and um we're gonna come on to Pete's topic, the, the club had to come out uh, after the knowledge game and um, issue a statement around some phobic chants that were heard the uh, Liverpool fans at the game at the weekend. Um, and I guess, look, we've covered a few difficult subjects um, on the forum over the last few months. And, and look, this isn't, this fall absolutely falls into that category. Uh, Pete, um, they were aimed at, at Billy Gilmore. It was association with with being from Chelsea. It's a chant that uh, many Liverpool fans down the years uh, would have uh, sung without either understanding or care about the uh, context and the connotations that go with it. Um, just, just really explain where where you're at now with this in terms. I think, of, I think, um, I think it's important. It's, it's important to frame this properly. Um, first of all, it's so disappointing, and you know we've got we've got supporters and, and followers from all walks of life. It's so disappointing that we're so uncomfortable with this subject and we with these type of subject. And we're going to talk about homophobia, of course, but we're so uncomfortable that we it's almost like oh, and now we have to deal with this. It's really disappointing, and it's a disservice to people. To be quite honest with you, second of all, Liverpool who position themselves, and we do position ourselves as Liverpool supporters as somewhat of a of a little bit of a beacon of light and a moral compass, you know, on how a team should be supported and b how people should be treated in general. It's really disappointing. Uh, listen, ignorance is ignorance can be educated against, but you know, to bury your head in the sand is the biggest biggest sin. And uh, before people start going on, see that what about me that goes on about what about this about what about that? But I want people two two things that you've got that. Uh, I want to dispel force. First of all, it's homophobic. It's a homophobic chant. No matter what you say, it's defined. Kick it out. Who I wish people on social media and in media in general would just refer to the experts and the people who actually work with this. They're paid to work with this for a living. First of all, the kick it, kick it out statement said it very clearly. We're absolutely clear the rent boy chant is homophobic and must be treated as such. Our statement calling for more action from the FA and from police following a number of reports about homophobic chanting by Liverpool supporters towards Chelsea fans on Sunday. Now, which was followed quite quickly by um, George Starkey from Co My Friends at Cop Outs who had retreated what George had said about lots of replies asking why Rent Boys is homophobic. So here's context for anyone genuinely unsure. The chant originates from the 1980s when a Chelsea headhunter was originally, was allegedly... 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Found uh, to, to, to be having uh, male sex with uh, homosexual sex with a male, walk, uh, male sex worker. And it is intended as an insult to suggest all Chelsea fans are gay. Now, the problem I have is, again, there's a lot of people. Listen, I don't, I don't care what your, what your opinion is, but what I have a huge problem with is the amount of people that will go on and try to tell, effectively, they're trying to tell gay people uh, or any minority, but in this instance, gay people, what they can or they can't be offended by. I would prefer if people threw their hands up in the air and said, I didn't know, or like myself, I do know, to be honest, because I've had plenty of uh, experience w- with working with gay colleagues in the past. I do know, and yet I laughed along anyway in the past. To my absolute shame, I prefer people to put their hands up like I'm doing now and say, listen, it needs to be educated. And you cannot say, I didn't mean it. I didn't, um, I, I, you, can't, you can't do things, I didn't mean it, I didn't, uh, or you cannot use the what about, we can, what about their chant about, um, about us being unemployed and whatnot. What about me is is just ugliness. You've, sometimes you've got to stand up and go, it's wrong. Because I tell you what, the the, the huge problem that uh, what about me causes. Whenever we do stand up then and say we don't want people to call us bin dippers or it, chant about unemployment, it, it just causes that uh, that vicious circle. Why not just stand there and say I'm ignorant or I. I, to be honest with you, I just got caught up in banter that I shouldn't use. But please, for God's sake, stop telling gay people what they can and cannot be offended by or what you did or did not mean by something. I don't care if you have 10 explanations for where you think the rent boy chant comes from. It is offensive to the gay community and it must stop. Another tweet, you know, so many tweets over the weekend. That's why I'm disappointed that um, we're not using the, the fancy technology from Gav. But another an example, this guy, Dead Baller, what about the other chants, like Feed the Scousers? I genuinely think people are chanting out of banter and for the atmosphere rather than actual hatred for gay people. And this is an account with 50,000 followers. And this is the problem. And that, that tweet got thousands of likes. And then a young, I got a young, another young guy. We should create a welcome environment for the LGBTQ plus fans and opposition fans and validate their thoughts. That's the key: the validation of other people's thoughts and how they feel about things. Not your a what about me or your or b your opinion as a straight person, because that's a position of privilege. And I'm sorry, that position of privilege does not afford you to write. Again, the right to dictate to a gay person how they should feel about any chant, regardless of what your meaning is. And um, if they do not like the rent boy chant, then don't use it. Yes, it's football and rival, but mutual respect is important and it's correct. And then a young girl comes in to say, today, uh, those things come in the form of violence, as in, you know, marginalization, ro- violence, sexism, racism, homophobia, and more. And by cutting it out, we are absolutely a better society for it. We've listened before and argued as allies when targeted by racism, sexism in the past, and it must come forward. The rent boy chat must go. 
it just I, I would urge people stop justifying it just stand up and say i was ignorant or i knew what it meant and i laughed along anyway no one's going to shoot you for it engage with i mean there's a fantastic liverpool uh, forum out there um called cop outs and they're fantastic so anybody wants to know what actual gay people think about these things ask instead of going on twitter or wherever and saying i don't think it's homophobic i don't think it's this stop thinking on behalf of other people and start asking questions and for me, that's the bottom line. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, there's been a lot of healthy debate in, in the chat here. And, um, you know, the, 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 there's various comments um, on this, but the, there seems to be a, a, a consistency around, you know, that there's kind of no, there's no excuse these days. Um, certainly ignorance is, is not an excuse. I mean, Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Why would anybody highlight that comment? It's not even a homophobic chant. Rent boys exist. Calling someone is just calling someone that the ignorance. Well, I, I'm insulted that that would even be highlighted. I'm not here to, de- to, to debate this. As I said, at the top of the, of the, of what I had to say, Take that comment off. It's ignorant. It putting the comment up suggests that it's here for debate. It's a homophobic chant. And, and an organization like Kick It Out has come on record and said, listen, there's no debate here. It's a homophobic chant. Daddy, whatever Danny, whatever your name is, I'm sorry, I'm not here to debate with you over whether it is a homophobic chant. I'm not going to explain to you why, why it the rent boy chant is meant to as a disparaging comment towards somebody that engaged in a sexual act with another man. Therefore, it's homophobic. Well, I'm not here to educate, but please don't. Well, well we are here to, we are here to educate. Pete, the yeah, whole yeah. purpose, the whole purpose not to give of ignorance a, a platform. Not to give okay. ignorance a platform. Man. Okay, listen, so listen. Please remove that comment. Not I will in a minute. Listen please, for a second. Please, calm sorry, down, will you, for a minute. second. I am calm. I am. These, but these people. Okay, but you're still talking. Different. You're still talking. Um, I put that comment up because I think it's important to highlight other people's thoughts on the matter. Uh, we are here to educate. We're not here to shout at people and tell people what to think. Some people need uh, to be there is Danny, what, what Danny's saying represents um, the thoughts and feelings of a lot of the fan base and especially those who are singing it. You won't get people to stop singing it um, if Until they don't understand. Yes. So we are here to uh, to try and educate okay. and shed light on the reasons as to why. So that comment is up there simply because there's worse comments I could have put up, and uh, which were which were ignorance. But I think Danny is probably coming from a, a a good place. Maybe just doesn't understand why he said that it's not a homophobic chant because uh, rent boys exist. So the whole reason we have this pride week or month as it in now is is to give um people from the LGBT uh, community a a voice. And if they've made their voice heard and they're saying that it's a a homophobic chant, we have to reflect on that, think about why, and and stop. I mean, that's the whole idea. There was a time we probably all would have joined in and sang along with that chant, but now we, we like to think we're better people and we've been educated and it's wrong. And that's just I'm not finished. There, there was Sorry. a time there was a time when um we all behaved differently and our, our minds have been open that we challenged our thinking, and that's on every topic, you know. And yeah. social media, as bad as it is, one of the good things it has given people the um logical, rational people uh, a, a place to find. Uh, other people from other minorities and to start to listen and to be educated. 
the worst thing we can do when it comes to a topic like this is to show people down and shame and whatever else. Danny's comment is just representative of so many thousands of people. Look, we've seen it in the ground. And actually, I didn't I didn't even realize that kick it out uh, uh, statement was made a couple of years ago, 2019, when we sang that song at something else. Uh, the, the first time I've seen this highlighted was this weekend. And when I, when I seen it, I was like, what? what's wrong with that? And I went on to Twitter and I read articles. And now I understand that absolutely, 100%, that it's an unacceptable chant. But Danny's comments there is because maybe he hasn't come to terms with the fact that the LGBT community have said it's homophobic. They don't like it. And, and that's what we're all about is uh, and all of these. Uh, yeah, um, and maybe you're right, Andy. I shouldn't get annoyed, but ignorance, I have a problem with you. Well, Danny, just to, because Danny made a comment that he couldn't be educated. Okay, I'm going to make an attempt, Danny, and I'm not the expert. Obviously, I'm not a homosexual, and uh, there are other homosexual, like there are great organizations who can educate you, Danny. But I, what I will say from speaking with them and from asking them the question is that the reason why it's a homophobic chant is it's a dispa- it's the it's the it's about the directionality and the venom and the intention, the intent. So they've taken a situation. You're right, Danny. There are a great many things that exist. For example, rent boys do exist. But for example, I could go on the streets tomorrow. If say, for example, I was a different man, I was a professional footballer, I go on the streets tomorrow and I could find a female prostitute and I could I could do my business. It could be exposed. Very, very unlikely that it would be thrown at a, not. It'd be thrown at me in a football match, but it won't be thrown at everybody that supports Liverpool. When something is is it's a, basically it's been used as a slur. It's been used as a negative slur to slur uh, uh, homosexuals to slur the gay community with something negative. Therefore, it qualifies as a homophobic channel. And Andy is right. You're probably a lovely, innocent man who doesn't think that homophobia exists. And I hope that you can reach out from the bottom of my heart, reach out to one of these organizations and ask them as gay people, because I'm, I'd be very surprised if you're gay, if you're making a statement like that. But ask some gay people what they constitute being homophobia. Perhaps they can educate, because you're probably right. When it comes to homophobia, I mightn't be the, the most qualified, but I guarantee that. Gay organizations, the LBGD plus community will be. So perhaps they can educate you. So ask them the question. Steve-O, just uh, in terms yeah. of um, the chants that are in the repertoire of Liverpool fans, all, all kinds of different fans. I mean, there's a, there's a hell of a lot out there which are offensive, yeah, on one level yeah. or another, yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean... You know, I'll give you an example. One of my favourite chants, I'm just sense check now. I think it's still okay. I mean, I absolutely love singing United uh, to United. Uh, Manchester is full of shit. I, I think that will still survive. Um, I think, that's you know, okay, there's certain, yeah. certain level, there's certain level, certain lines, isn't there, that really you, you yeah. have to evaluate and you cannot cross. Well, first and foremost, rent boys don't exist. Uh, male sex workers exist. Rent boys, in its very essence, is a negative connotation and therefore shouldn't be used. So yes, male sex workers exist. Female sex workers exist. Just because they're homo, you know, they're homosexual sex workers doesn't mean they have to be called rent boys. Um, you know, uh, heterosexual sex workers get called gigolos and they're fucking glorified. 
and they're legends and they're out banging women for money and it's fucking brilliant. But if you if you fucking do it with another bloke, then you're a rent boy and you're a dirty tosser and all those sort of things that get drawn with it. And this is this is, you know, patriarchy, this is misogyny, this is a lack of education. Um only a few weeks ago we had a conversation around racism. Uh twenty years ago shouting monkey noises was banter. Now calling somebody a rent boy is banter. It's not mm-hmm. banter. I had to call myself out on it. Uh, people will remember a couple of pods ago admitting to my own racism on Twitter um, a few years back. It wasn't intentional racism at the time, but looking back now with reflection, it is easy to see how it was construed as racist. And I have to hold my hands up and did hold my hands up and accepted it and said that I was wrong. Um, and absolutely, I don't think chants like that should be happening. I don't think any, like, how come we're constantly talking about how come there's no gay footballers? Of course, there's gay footballers. Well, who's gay? Blah blah. How are how is a footballer ever going to come out and say they're gay and be comfortable with it when people in the stands are shouting rent boys and other homophobic chants? It's never going to happen. And we need to accept that there's a a, a percentage of gay footballers, and that's okay. Um, so I won't go get off onto a different tangent. But my point is, any of these chants have to be taken for what they mean to the people they're being said towards, and you have to listen to what's hurting them and why are people doing it they're doing it because they're in a group of other lads and they think they're fucking cool if they shout it and they think it gives them a higher place in the pecking order of the alpha male around them and if they're the ones roaring at a Billy Gilmore they're the coolest of their crew and that's that's the reality of a lack of education um and uh, this this is what WhatsApp is all about. And people always ask me, uh, or sorry, not people always, but often said to me, oh, you're off social media. Well, why are you off WhatsApp? That's not social media. WhatsApp's a fucking cesspit of just this sort of shit getting sent around every group, shared, 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 shared. And this conversation will be had in tens of thousands of WhatsApp groups amongst bunches of lads who don't have any context. They won't have gay people in the group or they won't be openly gay and having that conversation. If there's openly gay people in that conversation, that'll be a very different conversation to a group of what we believe to be heterosexual lads all shouting, it's only a fucking laugh. You know, it's only slagging Chelsea fans. It's bollocks. It's hurtful to the people involved. It's hurtful to the player himself, you know, and there's no need for it. There's no need for it. You can, you can have a laugh. You can chant for Like some of the best things we do are chant for our own players rather than slag off the opposition fans. And I'm not saying sterilize football but you don't have to sterilize football to take out massively offensive things from it and we as a society should be looking to step away from the old way of doing things which is to just mock anything that's really hurtful to a community you know you get the hazel the the hazel uh chants you get the fucking bin dippers you get the piss on the dead you get the fucking unemployed chants you get all of them and Liverpool fans are up in arms over that. How dare people do this? We're a very fucking easy group of fans to flip it and play the why me card when it when it's thrown at us. But then it's just banter and crack when we're doing it to other people. And and I've always said that about our fan base. You know, we've a we've a way of looking at ourselves with rose tinted glasses that few other fan bases have. Um, and for me, it just needs to be eradicated. It's not just a, it's not just about us stopping the Chelsea rent boys chant. That's not what I'm saying needs to be eradicated. Fans need to sit up and listen to what is being said is hurtful. Manchester is full of shit is clearly just a jest at at the city. And yes, you could say it offends everybody in Manchester. And if it comes out that it really does offend people rather than it just being a bullshit throwback comment, 
then maybe that shouldn't be said either. But there's a big difference between Manchester is full of shit and Chelsea rent boys, which is a connotation towards homosexuality, towards that whole area being soft little London South boys, and they're all, you know, gay. And that's what the mm. connotation is. It's not about one player. Can I just say? Can I just say? You're absolutely right. But sorry, Andy, you're absolutely right. And you know, what I love about the way you're framing it. It's not about. It's not even about because you know, gay people aren't sensitive about being called gay. It's the disparaging no. nature of pointing at the homosexuality and 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 tagging it with something that is perceived as you know lurid. You know, it's 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 a lack of acceptance. It's a lack of tolerance. It's just horrible to be honest. Mm. And don't get me wrong. Guilty, you know. Yeah. I, 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 I prefer, and I ask my, I ask my gay friends all the time. Oh my god, you know. I prefer to ask the question, and like, I, I, I firmly believe he is without sin. You know, cast the fruits. I cannot say that I haven't heard that chant and, and giggled and went, yeah, mm. bloody Chelsea. Did. But it has to start. Has to start somewhere. I can't stand yeah, it. I'm, you know I mean? Pete, I'm looking at ghosts. I'm looking at ghosts. Comment there. Monkey noises has never been banter, especially in the stands. It's still banter in Poland. It's still banter mm, in Hungary. They're all having a laugh and a joke. They're all having a laugh and a joke about yeah. it over there going, ah, these black lads, yeah. let's throw some fucking... Italy, Italy throwing bananas at mm. players up to three, four years ago, probably last yeah. season. It's, look, it's, this, it's a this highlights, scourge. This highlights you still have a problem. And um, look, there's, there's two comments. There's a comment on the screen there and a comment I'm going to put up in a second. Um, talk about Manchester as as uh, you're full of shit and all. Like that, it's a totally different conversation. They're, they're not a marginalized group of people. They're not discriminated against. Um, so when it when it comes to stuff like this, it, it's marginalized groups. It's religions, race, um, and, and any other reason where people are suffering oppression. Uh, these... All these, um, uh, like, like pride, they're highlighting the struggles of other people, and it's okay. You're ignorant if you don't recognize that this is still happening. And as Sean says, there, there is gay men, uh, not just in Liverpool, but all over the world being beaten up on the streets for no other reason other than their sexuality. So, there's sad bastards out there who are prepared to physically assault someone and put someone in hospital just because of that. So, all this stuff needs to carry on and continue. And people need to to listen up, be educated, be open to education. I'm nearly sorry I put your, uh, that comment up earlier on because now we continue on to say I can't be educated. It's just banter. It's blah blah blah. Seriously, fella. But let him. You know, but anyway, but we were on you know what? Just, it's 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 young and middle aged men that are the problem. Yeah, we have to yeah. accept that. There's no women out there bashing gay men, or right. you know, very few of them. So it's a male problem. Just and, before I lose and, the comments. Yeah, go on. Sorry, go on. Um, yeah, go on. So, stand there, he said, uh, fuck me, he lost this place, but it's just football banter. I'm an Irish potato pick and scouse bin dipping, blue bin, C-O-N-T. Yeah, like, yeah, that's, come on, you know what I mean? But Andy, I used I to haven't, do this. I haven't personally, I haven't personally. Uh, what has any of that got to do with football, I would say? Taking, taking offence. What has yeah. any of that got to do football? I used to do this all the Can time. I... I used to I used to tell people I couldn't be offended. And I used to mm. it's that's just a defense mechanism. Stan mm. has a defense mechanism there. So does every single person that yeah. says I can't be offended. You can be offended. You just someone either hasn't found a way to say something that truly offends you, yeah. or you block out the, the offense by just pretending it, it deflects off you. And that's Stable. Yeah. J- just just um there was a time though that maybe 
making a comment like that about Irish people might have been offensive because there was a time when Irish people were marginalised in London. They weren't that, you know, the no dogs, no Irish thing. But we're long past that. So when... when uh, Some of us are, Andy. I guarantee you there's a chunk of people. Sorry, go on. There's a chunk of people who'd still be offended by it. Yeah. When we get to a point where... um, Homosexual people are no longer being assaulted or or uh, or discriminated against. Or uh, black people are no longer being um, racially abused or discriminated against. Then then maybe it's banter or the crack again. Because yeah. like, I yeah. certainly don't mind being called a an Irish potato muncher or or whatever else. Because I don't feel those marginalized. You know, you're not marginalized because yeah, of it. And, and you're not. You know, you're talking about you're white privilege. Yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. You know, Andy, I'm so, glad you. Let, let the record state that Andy Young was the first one to use the term white privilege on this show tonight because it's an important thing. That's the most important thing you're going to say, Andy, because white privilege does two things. It shields you. It's not about having thick skin. It's about having a thick life from the consequence of being marginalized. And I'm so happy, Andy, that you said it's such an enlightened thing to say. Stan can say all of this he wants, but nobody is going to stop him on the street or stop him in a job interview and label any of these things and stop him from having a better life. However, Mm. openly gay footballers, if they were to be openly gay, I guarantee you the fear is there and it's justified that the next contract is under threat that somebody, some of the more enlightened managers would say, listen, we can't have the attention that, that this brings, so we don't want you at the club. These guys are terrified. Andy, I'm so happy, and thank you for saying that white privilege exists. So mm. it's easy for people like Stan to say, I don't, I'm okay, because Stan is probably, you know, a middle-aged white guy who isn't affected by, you know, he could wear, I'm a, I'm a paddy potato picker, and no one's going to say anything to him. It's not going to marginalise him in any of the important things in society. However, Homophobia is a, is a, is is something that marginalizes people every single day, and I'm sorry. It, it, somebody needs to stop, stand up for people, and say and stop telling gays what they should and shouldn't be offended by, yeah. and yeah. ask them what offends. Here, stop, you know. Could I, I don't know, Ray? You you've lived in England probably longer than any of us here. I know Pete's lived in England and says that Irish people get a rough ride in England. To yeah, uh, to be honest. Uh, I, I find when I'm in England, I just blend in with the crowd. Like nobody looks at me any differently, but that's not the same for someone who's, who's a black or um, Asian or Muslim. They, you know, just by their pre- um, their presentation, they're, they're marginalized. So you kind of get a free ride. You know what I mean? Some it's people a, it's have a bit discovered. In the South. It's, a diff- it's different in the South of England compared to the North of England. The North of England, Tons of people have Irish heritage. They've got yeah. grannies that were Irish. They've mm. grown up with some semi-resemblance of an Irish background. They took holidays back to Ireland or whatever it might have been. It's very different down around London. Yeah, I don't, like to be where, honest, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Would you agree um, with Ray? Would you agree with that, Ray? Yeah, yeah. And even, to be honest with you, when I um, when I first entered the workforce, um, and you know, I'm going back sort of 25 years or so now, you know, my, my first... You know, my first work was down in 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 London, and uh, even as a scouser, I felt a little bit kind of almost, you know, that I had to work that bit harder to be recognised. You know, being surrounded by people, you know, who were born and bred in the south. You know, th- there was almost a bit of an inferior. You know, whether it was right or wrong, yeah. I think there was a bit of an inferior inferiority complex there. You know, you do when you when you're not from 
uh, when you don't conform to the stand the same standards of the people that are around you, you you, you know you, you do feel a little bit um, like you know the the microscope is on you, you know that you're a bit of a fish out of water, whichever way you wanna you wanna put it. I mean, you know, one of the comments here um, that I picked up on throughout this was Chris Brack's comment around women's football being ahead of men's football. You know, that the, the, there's openly uh, gay footballers in the women's game and there's no, you know, homophobic abuse being uh, aimed at the, at the players at games. Um, and, and, and I think we've, we've clearly got a lot to learn in terms of um, being, being, um, being tolerant um, in the men's game. And then there was another, you know, there was another, um, comment that came in from from young lads saying, you know, it's very telling that there's no openly gay footballers, unfortunately, you know, and fair play for having this 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 conversation because it, it isn't an easy one. And and let's face it, we've we've got uh, we've got Chelsea coming to Anfield in, in not too long. It's going to be very interesting as to whether you know this you know the, the the this statement issued by the club and the awareness that's being put out there is going to have what we hope to be a positive impact and 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 to stop this this chant being being you know sung again at Anfield um in 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 sort of 11 12 days time so yeah i mean look i i think it's been a really um healthy debate to have as Steve-O says, you know, we, we, we touch on some difficult subjects here. It, it, it brings to the table um, some of our misgivings, some of our miseducation um, that we've had down the years on, on, on some of these things. And, and like Pete says, we put our hands up and we admit when we've been wrong on this show and when we've, we've done things that we, that we don't feel proud of. Uh, we may have felt it was appropriate at other times. Uh, and in times in the past to say things, but I think the real sign of a person is to uh, is to look at these arguments and actually come up and say, do you know what? Uh, we have to change with the times. Um, this is not right. It's not right to be um, coming out with uh, homophobic chants of football grounds any longer, um, and it's something that we need to stamp out. Uh, of 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 football, just as it is uh, racism and other forms of uh, abuse that uh, marginalise uh, people in society. So, um, look, any 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 other closing comments on the subject? Just to validate what we're saying, uh, I wonder if the people talking have ever been to London. Ray, you lived in London and worked in London. P, you lived in London. You said at the start of the show, six years or something. Ten years, ten years. Yeah, I would I would have taken seven, eight trips to London a year with friends and family living there. I've actually been in workmen's clubs drinking down in, in Kilburn. I know uh, a friend of mine was was the Irish consulate for the for the London embassy or for the for the embassy in London. So and, and one of our key districts was Kilburn. So I spent a lot of time um, in London over a, a, an eight or nine year period. I'm not. What I'm saying is, there is a higher population of of uh, sort of a, a feeling of bond between northern cities like Manchester and Liverpool and Ireland than there is between. That's not to. That's not to take away from the Irish community in London or other parts of southern England. That's not the intention. What I'm saying is, naturally, there is a stronger bond between the northwest of England and Ireland than there is in any other place within the UK. Uh, just on one other comment, um, Ray, you you mentioned that the 
men's game has a long way to catch up on the on the women's game. I suppose what we need to probably take into context there is that uh, hetero men and men of this ilk and and somebody said you can't sorry two things i'm going to say somebody said you can't educate these people you can't because i look at where i was at with my views on things literally two years ago and they were all centered around my own insecurities my own fears and how i within our own groups within other groups of lads i would try to be funny and create these comments on social media or whatever it might have been just to get a reaction out of the people I was looking at because I wanted to come across well. I wanted to be laughed with. I wanted all those things. That doesn't matter to me anymore. So what I did over the last couple of years was spent my time trying to educate myself around feminism, around LGBTQ, because I couldn't get my head around the trans side of things a couple of years ago. And I actually went and spent time trying to watch that documentaries on it trying to understand it a bit more and i do feel i do now i don't have it all figured out but i'm definitely more accepting and more open and capable of understanding other people's viewpoints and how they feel about themselves but to get back to the men's game and the women's game what i'm saying here is heterosexual men aren't threatened by lesbians they're often stimulated by them they think it's this cool sexy lesbian vibe they are threatened by gay men they feel it's a threat to their own heterosexuality um every you know the amount of men out there that think gay men are immediately attracted to them. You're probably an ugly cunt to them the way you are an ugly cunt to women. So, yeah, you know, yeah. that's the reality of it, you know. Um, so, so from, sorry, I've said that word again, Andy, there's your YouTube <laughs> source again. Anyway, um, I'm okay with that. I'll, I'll, but, but, but what I'm saying is it's not about the women's game being ahead of the men's game because of inclusion. It's down to fear. And, mm. and these men are not fearing lesbians. They're fearing mm. gay men. And that's where that's where it stems from. Just just before we close, we got our first super chat. Uh, thanks to Darren McCusker. Um, he's a gay supporter. Um, he's thanking us um, for, for for discussing this topic, and I guess he's just saying uh echoing what we're saying here that people just need more knowledge you know steve-o clearly there um uh, being very open around uh what he's done over the last couple of years to educate himself i think it's it's upon us all really to educate ourselves in in terms of some of these uh some of these you know topics uh that are difficult um and i think the more knowledge and the more education then i think the better informed people will be coming in turn i think the be better choices people will make yeah. in terms of whether they sing these songs or not when they go to a football ground the next time they're there um, it's just about asking questions really i think i would i would encourage people to to if you don't know something instead of forming your own opinion sticking by it because we've all got we're all in whatsapp groups and we all see people say i don't need to read I don't need, I have my own opinion now. Don't do that. Read a book or ask someone, an organisation, because, you know, the likes of uh, Cop Out, which is a, a, a Liverpool group for the LGBT community, they will tell you straight out, you know, what they think uh, and what basically what their opinion is on the topic that's relevant to them. Ask the question. I think it, it, it start, it's got to start from there. More, Can I just, for, uh, more, for actually, more For actually has some great, documentaries and 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 informative material on it if, if you 
you have a VPN or something like that, and you can get onto more for. And Vice, Vice is another one that has tons of really good material, really interesting stuff to watch. And you know what? There's a human element to all of this. There's humans behind all of this. And when you actually watch a couple of documentaries and and see people's actual stories and what they've had to go through growing up, or the fight that they've had internally with themselves to accept that they themselves are gay, or to be accepted by their families, or to be accepted by a community, or or, or trans, or whatever it may be. When you see when you start to see the human element of it, you really can get beyond your own prejudice and your own feelings on things and you strip out all the bullshit and just see one human and another human and it makes it much easier to understand once you see the human element of it yeah look i think when you don't understand something it's it's time to just shut your mouth and listen um and, mm. and that's what it's all about uh just just on on uh dar's comment there uh thanks to the super chat um, in case anyone in the comments or listening to the show doesn't know, those super chats are going to Sienna uh, at this stage. Um, if you don't know, I'll tell you, Sienna needs life change and surgery over in the US. Um, she's been offered uh, a place in in the hospital in November. They're still about 50, 60 grand short of their what they need so every five euro and super chats counts anyone it, it's going across the bottom there you can go to the gofundme page you can donate you can do what you want just a big push now for the la- last few months to try and get the end to where she needs to be uh it's a difficult um thing that sienna's family have been going through to try and get this money raised but uh with, with everybody's help that i'm sure they'll get there so thanks again Dara. Yep. So look, it is, uh, we're coming up to the two hour mark. It's coming up to midnight for most of us. 1am for Pete. Appreciate Pete, uh, staying on these things so late. Um, it's been another, it's been another great show. Um, someone did say earlier, um, if, uh, if another one of those ambulances went past Pete's window, we're definitely winning the league. Well, I've seen about 15 of them. I was thinking to myself, it must be some high crime rate or there's a lot of sick people around there. One or the other, because there's fucking unfortunately, something going on. Unfortunately, COVID is, yeah, you know yourself. It's sad. We're definitely winning the league based on the uh, the, the amount Fort. of ambulance act. Fort is back. The phone yeah, is back. Fort. <laughs> <laughs> right so thanks andy thanks pete thanks steve-o um Cheers, I'm, sure, I'm sure you'll be seeing everyone on a show sometime soon uh we'll have the usual kind of um shows coming up this week um no doubt jamie will be around for his uh midweek uh fix uh, i'm sure we'll see gav this week uh keith might be back from holiday uh in spain so we might see uh keith appear and uh, on some shows this week. Uh, I'm sure we'll have another watch along um, coming up. Uh, was it Bracky who did the watch along? Was it? Was it Bracky who, who did the watch along on there uh, on Saturday? I think it was. Um, so um, I think there's another watch along due for the Burnley game on uh, Saturday. Uh, very you quickly. Won't be on it, Ray. No, I'll be there. I'll be in the ground. Um, You'll be, be live streaming. You'll be live streaming from the cop, Ray. Yeah, I'll be... Uh, Best of luck getting a fucking signal there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, predictions for quick predictions for Saturday, Andy. 2-0. Two 2-0 nil. Two nil Reds. Um, Pete? No, 3-1 again. 3-1 well, three three one. One Reds. 3-1 Reds. Um, Steve-O? Yeah, 2-0 for me as well. That's what I was thinking. 2-0. I'm going to go with 3-0. Three 3-0 nil. Three nil to Liverpool. Two consecutive clean sheets. So, that is a trip 
Thank you. We'll see you next week for another uh, topic action pack show. Sports Social Podcast Network.